Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 2. Verse 8, just a few verses to the church in Smyrna. Let's hear the word of the Lord. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. I've titled this message, Jesus' Letter to the Suffering Church in Smyrna. We continue our study of this second chapter in the book of Revelation. The Apostle John, as you remember, he was imprisoned on the island of Patmos. He saw a vision of Jesus and he was told to write letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor. That's in modern day Western Turkey. Last week we studied the letter to the church in Ephesus. It de Smyrna developed into a very wealthy coastal city. And it was one of the most important, apparently it's still there, it's an, a different, different name, don't call it Smyrna anymore, but it's still there and it's got one of the most beautiful harbors in the world. Back in the day, in uh, John's day, in the first century, there was numerous magnificent pagan temples and a very large population, probably about 100,000 people. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we're all gathered together this morning. We thank you for uh, the guests that have joined us this morning. We're so thankful for them being with us also. Thank you for the measure of health that we have, even though some of us have got different issues going on. That's part of the fall but uh, because you've stirred us up, you've stirred, up, stirred us up to come here and to be assembled together on the Lord's day, to hear your word, 
to sing praises unto you. We ask you to give us understanding of this message and may we find personal, practical applications through it and help us to listen and to pay attention and to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Amen? Amen. The beautiful seaport of Smyrna, unlike most of the other churches that John writes to, the seven of them, it was only Smyrna in the church in Philadelphia. We're not talking about PA. These are the only two churches that were not criticized by Jesus. The other five were. In the midst of their suffering and their hardships, they remained faithful and pure. This is what God expects from us. Amen? To remain faithful and pure. Amen? In verse 8, this letter was addressed to the angel. Last week we learned that the word angel in the Greek and the Hebrew, I know a little Greek, he works in a pizza place in Amherst. The word angel, sorry about that, those that didn't laugh. The word angel is interchangeable. In this case, we know there's angelic beings. In this case, the word is interchangeable with the word messenger or stars. Our minister, you know, it doesn't make sense for Jesus to write a letter to an angelic being. Angels are not the leaders of the churches in Asia Minor. Neither are they now especially in this church. Okay, in verse 9, Jesus identifies himself as the first and the last. This speaks of his eternal existence. There has never been a time when Jesus didn't exist. The one, capital O, who created all things. John chapter 1, verse 3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus Christ, Logos. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Jesus has always existed and will exist forever. He is eternal because God is eternal and Jesus is God. But he had to become a man. Jesus had to become, God had to become a man in order to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and for the sins of all mankind. That doesn't mean all people will be saved. Oh, no, no. Only those that receive him as their personal saviour. Have you done that yet? Don't wait. Don't delay. That's the most important thing, and it's the most important thing you'll ever need to know in this life. 
to be born again. Jesus says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you are born again, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So do you know where you're going? You need to, because that's the most important thing to know. Amen? Jesus, in verse 9, he said, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? They're poor, but then they're rich, Jesus says. Along with their sufferings, the people that made up the church in Smyrna, and the church is made up of believers, they would predominantly from the lower classes. And because as a result of many of them becoming Christians, they lost their jobs, some of them lost their families, they lost their livelihood, and they were financially poor. However, Jesus says that they were rich, not materially, but spiritually, spiritually rich. They were being blessed, not only because of knowing Jesus is their savior. Are you blessed because you know Jesus is your savior? I know I am. Not only blessed because they knew Jesus is their savior, but also they had treasure waiting for them in heaven. And so have we. So have we. And he goes on within verse 9. He said, I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews but are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Slander. Anyone ever slandered you? You know what that feels like? You know what slander is? Lies. And the sad part about some of that is people believe those lies. Amen? And they were being slandered by a synagogue of Satan. Those believers at Smyrna were not only suffering, which they did because of their poverty, they were under attack from some militant Jews that Jesus called a synagogue of Satan. He's not referring to all the Jews that were there or any other Jew. He's not referring to all the synagogues that were there, but to a specific group which apparently intimidated and harassed those Christians in Smyrna. You ever been intimidated? You ever been bullied? You don't forget those kind of things, do you? You ever been bullied at school? That's what it was like living. They were being intimidated. They were being harassed by this synagogue. And it was Satan that was stirring up these Jews to create havoc against the church in Smyrna. Persecution. The reference to Satan here is also mentioned three other times in these letters to the seven churches, seven letters. Satan's mentioned three times. 
other times. So that's four. And we need to remember that we are in a spiritual battle with Satan. You be, be careful what comes through your brain and comes out of your mouth. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We're up against it. Satan and his agents, his fallen angels, the evil spirits, they exist. And 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober. Does it mean, well, it could mean that. You may have a few too many. It doesn't mean that. Think, be aware, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. And they were exhorted to resist him, resist him, standing firm in your faith. You know, when some thoughts come in your mind and, oh my goodness, where did that come from? Something that you may have seen, that you thought you may have forgotten, and it's a nasty thought that comes into your mind. You know where that comes from? Your adversary, the devil. That's not of the Lord. That's from the pit of hell. So you know a good thing to do? You start praising the Lord when you get those thoughts in your mind. Start praising the name of Jesus. Start singing praises to Jesus. Even say the name of Jesus and all those things will flee. They'll run away. Try it. It works. Verse 10. There's only two more verses to go. wonder how long it's going to take. Well, we'll see. Verse 10. Jesus predicted more sufferings for that those poor people in Smyrna. Nevertheless, he encouraged them to be faithful even to the point of death. Now, some of those believers in Smyrna would not only be thrown into prison for their faith in Christ, but some would be executed for their faith in Jesus because they would not deny him. However, because they remained loyal to him, he promised that he would give them a victor's crown. In the ancient games, crowns were made up, some of you already know this, some of you don't. The crowns were made from laurel wreaths. And it represented something very costly, even though laurel wreaths probably cheap things and they would fade away. But to those that got that crown, it was the most important, the most significant thing that they could ever aim for and ever wear. And it was only presented to, and it was only worn by the winners who won the race. Nobody else. Didn't get a gold medal, they got that wreath, a crown, so to speak. And so it is with all believers in Jesus Christ. At the end of our 
life's journey, the end of our race. We're in a race. Some of us are going to cross the line first. Some of us are going to be tagging along last. But we're all going to, we're all going to cross the line. We're all going to cross the line. And we're all going to get an perish, imperishable crown. A crown that doesn't fade like those laurel reefs that are perishable. It's an imperishable crown. All those that have been faithful to Jesus. And like the church in Smyrna that have not denied their faith in Jesus. Now listen to Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians, those that take notes. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. This is, he's talking to us. It's, it's just as relevant as it was first written, Christians. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training and they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow, blow at my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. So remain faithful. Remain faithful. How many started running the race and yet dropped out of the race? Don't give up. John continues to dictate what he heard, what he saw. And he says, this is Jesus' words, I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You know, Christian life is a test. Sometimes we're tested. How's that working out for you? The devil was the one responsible for this hateful treatment of the Christians in Smyrna. Smyrna. Their faith would be greatly tested, even to the point of death. But they wouldn't deny him. Jesus told them, though, do not fear. Don't be afraid. And like he told his disciples, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body but they cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And that's sober. That's a very sober thought. And Jesus said to this church in Smyrna that they would suffer persecution 
for 10 days. Now, it could literally mean 10 days. I'm not saying it doesn't mean that. But more likely, it may refer to 10 different persecutions of the church in general, back in the day, that all began with the wicked emperor Nero, the wicked Roman emperor Nero. Under his tyrannical reign, thousands of Christians were executed, including the Apostle Paul. He was beheaded. The Lord reminded me this morning as I was looking over my notes. Paul was a Roman citizen. Roman citizens could not be crucified like Jesus was. It was quick. It was a quick death. But boy, did Paul ever suffer leading up to that point. And he was absent from the body and then present with the Lord. And he was executed like so many under that wicked, tyrannical, evil emperor Nero. In fact, when you wrote about Nero playing the harp or something, was it the violin? While Rome burned, what did he do? He blamed it on the Christians. It's their fault. They're responsible. Not me. Now, Jesus, you know, he doesn't promise us Christians that we won't be spared persecution. He doesn't promise us that. But he does promise during the persecution that his grace is sufficient and that he will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. Whatever we go through, whatever we will go through in this race, he's always there with us. And we have the comfort of the blessed Holy Spirit who lives in us. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? And final verse. Whoever has ears, I guess some people don't. It's like when Peter chopped off the ear of the high priest, you know what his name was? Malchus. He went round. They would have called him one ear Malchus. But Jesus picked up the ear and stuck it back on. That's not a miracle. I don't know what it is. He went, hey! He who has ears. You got, got your ears? Naomi? Got your ears? Whoever has, has ears, let them hear. What the Spirit, capital S, talk about the Holy Spirit here. What the Holy Spirit says to the churches. Jesus emphasizes how important it is for the church, and that includes us because we are part of the church. We are part of the body of Christ. That's what the church is. To listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. That goes for us. We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Yeah, it's, I don't know, some people, well, God told me this and God told me that. 
You better be sure it's him telling you. How will you know that it's him? How do you know it's not something else that's telling you? How would you know the difference? This is the word of God, the Bible. When we open the word of God, God opens his mouth and he speaks to us through his word. That's how God speaks to us, amen? You've got to test the spirits to see if they're from God or not. We need to not only listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, but we need to heed the message. It's one thing to read the Bible, and it's another thing to put it into practice, isn't it? You ever had that problem? Now, some people cannot read. They, they have that issue. But, you know, in our, our modern day, you can get CDs to listen to the word of God. You don't have to be able to read it necessarily. You can hear the word of God to be encouraged by it. Every day, every day we need to read it. If you can... First thing in the morning, I know how difficult that is, especially those that have got children and the time constraints. And I know some people get up at four in the morning and I've never been a morning person. So I, I'm good on, if you can do it, more power to you. I'm not one of those, okay? I'm not a morning person. I'm a, more of a night owl. But you can read the thing before you go. It's going to bless you. You read the... Well, all the garbage that's going in through the eye gate and the ear gate during the day. If you read the Bible, last thing at night before you go to bed, it's going to greatly benefit you. And first thing in the morning, they call it devotions. Put Jesus first and your day will go so much better. Amen? Amen. You ever found that? It's true. If you don't do it, oh, you could have a really lousy day. <laughs> I know that from personal experience. I'm not perfect. I know some of you think I might be. I'm no angel. I'm no angel, you see. I might be a messenger, but I'm no angel. And don't say amen to that. I know who my friends are. Should I tell them that joke I told you about the angel? No, I, can't. I probably won't even remember it. No, you don't want to hear it? They want to hear it. I'm going to try to remember it. There was two Irish guys. I'm not picking on the Irish, by the way. My grandmother was Irish and blah, blah, blah. So uh, there was Seamus and uh, Pat, Paddy, Patrick. And they, had, they were school friends. They hadn't seen each other for years. So they bumped into each other. How are you doing, Seamus? Oh, I'm fine, Paddy. How are you doing? How are you? He said, Are you married? He says, oh, she's, she's an angel. She's, and some people believe that when we die, we become angels. Have you heard that? It's not true, by the way. We don't become angels. It's a different thing altogether. He said, are you married, Patrick? He says, oh, she's an angel. Hey, she's an angel. He said, how about you, Seamus? He said, no, she's still alive. <laughs> All right, let's move on. You can cut that out if you like, Rick. <laughs> no, Got to keep it in, right? 
This is the way we roll here. If you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> All right. Not just read the word, heed the word, and obey the word. This is what James said. Chapter 1, those that take notes, chapter 1, 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word, talking about the, the word of God, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So there's blessings in obeying the word of God. Right? You ever found that? It's so much easier if we just do that. Why, why do we have to feel guilty when we don't obey it? We don't, there's no need to be on a guilt trip. Soon, just as long as we obey what the, the word of God says, and everything will work out perfectly. So if we want to be blessed, don't we all want to be blessed? I am blessed. Are you? Amen. Only because of Jesus. I just do not know. I can't imagine where I would be if I had come to know Jesus as my Savior. And you either. If you want to be blessed, you need to obey what God tells us to do. So let's conclude. And he goes on. He says, the one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. The second death. What's he talking about? Jesus promises the believers in Smyrna that the second death will not harm them. The second death refers to the lake of fire where people who have never been born again will spend eternity. Unbelievers will not only die once physically, they are also dead spiritually. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And do not, and I mentioned this earlier, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. But thanks be to God, because of what Jesus did on that cross, to pay the price, to pay the penalty for our sins, believers like the church in Smyrna will never, ever have to experience the second death the second death. Yes, we will all die physically. You agree? I'm glad you agree. 
We'll all die physically once, but we'll live twice. We'll live the first time when we're born physically, and we'll live eternally. Christians, we die once, but we live twice. Think about that. Do you get it? We'll die once physically, but we'll live twice. We live physically when we're born physically, and we'll live eternally. Amen? We were also born spiritually. Consequently, all God's people are guaranteed a home in heaven. Let's just be reminded of what Jesus said. You remember um, some of you are history buffs and during the Second World War the Japanese were invading all the countries in the middle, in the Southeast Asia there, you know, the jewel of the crown and everything like that, Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaya, Burma, a whole lot. And they were going to try to invade Australia eventually, and they were stopped at Papua New Guinea by some very brave men. And also the Philippines were invaded by the Japanese. And MacArthur, General MacArthur, he was the head general at the time. And he had to get out because the Japanese were coming and they were going to lose. So the president, Truman, he pulled him back and he had to leave. And the ones that were left had to face the consequences and face the Japanese. And many of them ended up on that death march in Bataan. But MacArthur managed to escape. But he did say to the Filipino people, I will return. I will return. And he did, by the grace of God. And this is what Jesus says to us. He said, I will return. Are you anticipating Jesus' return? He could come back at any time. Are you ready? This is what he said, and it's familiar, but it's really talking about the rapture. Listen. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house is many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you that where I'm going, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that where I am, you may be also. So, are you looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to the return of Jesus? Keep looking up. Keep waiting for that trumpet sound. Okay, not the trombone, <laughs> the trumpet. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all your word. Thank you so much that we're all able to hear and be blessed by your word and this message. And some of us will never have to face that kind of persecution, even unto death. But help us never to deny you. 
Help us to be faithful. There may be somebody listening to this message. You've never been born again. You may have even heard it for the first time, what Jesus said. You must be born again. If you want to go to heaven, you must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you've got to be born again. We're born naturally, physically, from our mother's womb, but we need to be born spiritually in order to go to heaven, which is eternal, where you are, because you are eternal. So all we need to do is believe because of the things that we've done wrong, the sins that we've committed, the thoughts, the sinful thoughts. It proves that we're sinners. And no sinner can enter into heaven, which is totally pure and holy. That's where God lives. That's his home. So we need to receive your goodness, your righteousness, your holiness. And the only way we can do that is by receiving Jesus Christ, who is the righteous one, and call upon his name, the most powerful name in the universe. Call upon Jesus to save us. Say, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I don't want to go to the lake of fire. I really don't. And you don't want me to go there either. And this is why you came and you suffered and you took my sins on your own body, on that cross, and you bled and you died. And I believe that. You took the punishment that I deserve for my sins. And you were buried. But I believe in my heart that you rose again from the dead and you are alive. I ask you to come and save me, save my soul, so I can live eternally with you in heaven and be blessed while I live on this earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.